With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real. You're already working hard to earn your money. But how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Sunday, January 15th. And if you missed yesterday's episode, go listen to it right now. Okay, hold on. Let me just give you a little time. Go listen to it. Okay, great. Now you're up to date. So yesterday we released the beginning of the audiobook of The Great Money Reset. And today we're just going to continue in the first chapter because I just wanted to give you a little taste and hopefully you have already gotten the theme, which is when we start the process of resetting someone's financial life or work life or total life, we actually have to take a good hard look at what is going on in your financial life. And in this next part of the book, I start talking about having different plans, plan A, plan B, you know the drill. Okay, here's more of the great money reset. Don't stop at plan A. Now that the relevant numbers are inscribed for eternity in your pink notebook, your next step is to assess the change you're thinking of making. How will it affect each of the big five over the next three years at least and over the longer term, five years, 10 years, and beyond? Will you need to blow through a sizable portion of your assets? Will your annual income rise, thanks to a pension you might receive, for instance, or fall because your salary will be lower or non-existent? Will you assume more debt or aggressively pay it down? Will your monthly living expenses, including housing, rise? Or will you find ways to cut back? What about changes in your obligations to others? It's usually difficult, if not impossible, to predict the future with any accuracy. That's why I strongly recommend that you plan for three different scenarios, best case, middling, and worst case. As a former pessimistic trader and supreme worrier, I usually start with the worst case, but you do you. Let's take as an example the shift I was pondering during the Great Recession. Sell my home, move to a different city, embark on a new career. In a worst case scenario, my big change would flop. I wouldn't be able to find work as an on-air media maven covering all things financial. 
my girlfriend would get sick of me and throw me out on the street, causing my housing and other expenses to be double what I'd expected or more. And although my family lived in New York City, maybe I would hate living there again after a decade away and wish I'd never returned. In a middling scenario, things would sort of work out for me. Yes, I would make a successful career transition, but the money would not be what I'd hoped, or it would take me a lot longer to make the transition, or the work would be intermittent and unpredictable. My girlfriend would decide to put up with me, but maybe we would require more space because, as you can imagine, I take up a lot of space. As a result, my housing costs might perhaps run 10 or 20% more than I expected. My parents or someone else in my family might suffer a health setback, requiring me to take time off from my fledgling career and limiting my earnings. I might not love my new career, but it might not be terrible either. In a best-case scenario, everything would work out as I'd hoped. I'd very quickly find work in the media industry, making what I thought I'd make. My girlfriend and I would remain in the apartment, and I would love my new life. Before I made my big move, I took each of these scenarios into account. Running through my numbers, I determined that my intended change was in fact realistic given my current financial situation. If the middle-case scenario came to pass, I'd also be fine money-wise with no major adjustments on my part. No, I wouldn't be thrilled working at a career that I didn't utterly love for a less-than-ideal paycheck, but I knew that I could do it and still be happy and comfortable enough for an extended period given the resources at my disposal. If the worst-case scenario came to pass, I would activate my Plan B. From my own research and experience, I knew that I could always work again as a financial planner and money manager, either joining a firm and taking a salary or going off on my own. In either case, I wouldn't be thrilled on a personal level, but I would be making a very good living. And if for some reason I couldn't find work as a financial planner, I knew that I could always go into sales of some kind. Call this plan C. Cars, software, hardware, didn't matter because I knew that I could sell it and make enough to support myself in New York City or elsewhere if I had to. Sometimes smaller is better than going big. As I mentioned earlier, and as this analysis of my options suggests, deciding what to do with your life need not amount to an either-or choice. Almost always you can find intermediate options that might be appropriate if your best-case scenario doesn't pan out, or if your financial situation doesn't permit you to move toward your dreams all at once. Even if your financial situation is relatively strong, I invite you to consider incremental steps you might take toward achieving your dreams as you envision future scenarios. If you hate your job and feel tempted to retire early, maybe you could make a lateral move instead finding work in a different industry. Maybe you could move to a different firm in your present industry. Maybe you could find a different job in your current company or negotiate a different work arrangement in your current job that would allow you to fulfill at least some of your needs. If you imagine going back to school, maybe you don't have to quit and enroll full-time at great expense to get your degree. Maybe you could take night classes or arrange a semester-long leave of absence from work. 
If you imagine taking some time off to find yourself and figure out what would really make you happy, maybe you only take a limited time away, like a gap year. In fact, definitely give yourself a deadline or you might find that a year turns into two turns into three. If a full year isn't realistic given your finances, maybe you only take six months or three. Each of these alternative pathways might have financial ramifications that are less extreme and more manageable than those resulting from a full-blown money reset. Incremental steps have the added benefit of allowing you to dabble in your dreams and see how you feel. Maybe incremental steps will be enough to satisfy you, or maybe not. Melissa, from the introduction, didn't just leap into taking six months or more off to travel and find herself. She first took a month-long leave of absence from work. Only when that didn't satisfy her did she understand that she really did need to take a bigger risk. We often don't know what we want as well as we think we do. When Linda from Philadelphia left a well-paying but demanding job in sales in 2019, she was eager to pursue her long-standing dream of working full-time as an actress. She had done some acting in her 20s and now, at age 66, was prepared to put it all out there again. Auditioning for several roles in theatrical productions, she discovered that directors weren't eager to hire someone who had taken a 40-year hiatus from the profession. Even more interesting, she didn't really like the theater as much as she imagined she would. I guess the dream changed, she said. Linda wound up auditioning to record audiobooks. In March 2020, she got her first assignment. 18 months later, she had recorded 23 books across genres. It's been a blast, she said in an email. I'm not a person who can not work, so this is perfect for me. I get to utilize my creativity. I've learned some audio engineering skills, and I'm reading fun, interesting books. Love that. Your plans might take you in wonderful and not-so-wonderful directions that you can't predict right now. Before you go all in, taking some smaller steps first might serve you well. Jamal, a 32-year-old from Portland, Oregon, discovered that he had become the go-to guy at his sports apparel company during the annual open enrollment period for benefits. Word got around that he wasn't just Jamal in tech. But the guy who was building spreadsheets to help his coworkers find the most affordable health plan and the least expensive investment options within the firm's 401k. When the pandemic hit, he helped some of his coworkers who were downsized roll over their retirement plans, and he also became somewhat of a lay expert in navigating COBRA. I was basically becoming the in-house financial planner to my friends and colleagues, he told me. So I started to investigate what it would mean to actually become a certified financial planner. Learning that the process can take a few years, he decided he wasn't ready to chuck a career at his present company just yet. So he committed to completing the coursework to sit for the CFP exam and began researching which firms in his area would let him intern while he remained employed. Look, I still have student loans, so I can't bail on this job until I get my own financial house in order. 
but at least I have a plan of action that could help me one day become a full-time financial planner. Jamal had found a middle ground, one that would allow him to move ahead without unduly disrupting his present life or forcing him to assume too much risk. In contemplating and experimenting with less dramatic steps, consider what you really are seeking out of a change. If you dream of quitting your job, do you want to quit? Or is your current boss the real problem? In the latter case, you might not need to quit. Simply transferring to another job elsewhere in your organization could do the trick. If you imagine leaving your city and moving out of state, maybe you don't have to make such a big move. Thinking about why the move sounds so appealing to you, maybe you'll find that it isn't the change of scenery per se that you crave, but simply the chance to live more cheaply. If that's the case, moving to a cheaper suburb a half hour away might serve as a good substitute, or at least an interim step toward something bigger. I beg you to ask these kinds of questions of yourself repeatedly and to ask trusted friends, relatives, and counselors what they think as well. In many cases, our gripes about the present and our dreams about the future rest on hidden assumptions we're making that might not bear out. It would be a shame and perhaps pose a serious problem if we wound up blowing up our careers or our lives to solve a problem that didn't exist. Before you rush to take action, making decisions you can't easily reverse, home in on the real problem and solve for that. Okay, we'll have part three of the first chapter of The Great Money Reset tomorrow. If you've got a financial question, if this is stirring something up for you, don't hold back. Go to jillonmoney.com, click the Contact Us button, and let us know if we can help you out. Of course, you can pre-order the book right there. And when you pre-order, you will be invited to our first ever free webinar. So that's one of the reasons you should pre-order the book. The other is to get the book. And the final reason is to try to help propel me on the New York Times bestseller list. I don't know. Maybe I'll get there. Maybe I won't. I don't care. I still like the book. Okay, do something nice for someone else today. Change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow. 